0: Welcome to the Let's Talk About Care podcast. From carehome.co.uk and homecare.co.uk, the leading reviews websites for care homes and
1: home care. Hello, I'm Angeline Albert. Welcome to this episode of Let's Talk About Care. Anugwam Goodluck is a frontline care worker who is facing deportation after battling to protect care home residents during the coronavirus pandemic. The agency worker had been caring for people in a care home in Brighton, but had to stop work immediately when his visa was denied. Now the Home Office has told him he must leave the country by the 31st of August. Almost 10,000 people have signed a petition calling on the Home Office to allow Mr Goodluck to stay in the UK. His supporters include campaigners for the Black Lives Matter movement. In Nigeria, he had to run for his life from bullets fired by Boko Haram militia. In this podcast, Onugwam Goodluck talks about why he fears being deported to Nigeria and feels his life is at risk. I'm here now with Onugwam Goodluck.
0: Thank you for having me, Yashor.
1: What was the reason you arrived in the UK?
0: The reason why I came to the UK is to further my academic career. You know, I got an admission to study MA, International Relations, in the University of Sussex in Brighton. So that was the primary reason for coming to the United Kingdom.
1: And you have your mum and your brother and sister. Your siblings are British citizens, so they were already in the UK. That's right. Right. What
0: is Nigeria like? Well, um, it's been rough. It's been ups and downs in the country. You know, we talk about corruption. We talk about political crisis, We talk about Boko Haram. You know, the killing of Christians in the country. And it's not been easy growing up in Nigeria and trying to avoid being killed. And it's always living in fear. All these things that have to do with panicking and you know running for safety, running for your life. As a Christian, you always have the faith in God that's with time that things will get better and you have the opportunity to you know leave the country and seek a better um, refuge. Also the economic situation, lack of job, high rate of unemployment, this hinders the progress of the youth.
1: There have been many many cases of persecution of Christians by the jihadist group. Have you had any experiences yourself
0: yeah, you know, the issue of terrorism in Nigeria is a global issue. The Boko Haram group, right from the north down to the west and southeast region of the country. I've had an experience in this um, terrorist attack. That was 2017, you know, when I went to that part of the country for a conference. So after my presentation, I, I decided to go to the market to get some food stuff, to pay for my goods and the things I bought. Then the people, you know, the market women begin to pack their their goods. And I was worried. I was asking, what is really the problem? Why are you panicking? Why are you packing your things? It's just like 3 p.m. In the peak time of the market, that's the peak hour of sales. Once I began to hear gunshots and people running, the women, the men, everybody began to leave their goods running for their lives. They all know it was terrorists. That's how they do. You know, they come to Market Square kill people and then they live because they know that majority of the people in the market are always Christian. The gunshot was coming closer and closer. There was a in, in the market. Everybody running and stampede. A lot of people falling, getting stepped on, you know, those who could run, you know, especially the disabled got got hit by stray bullets. And about over 30 people died and majority of them were women, you know, lost their lives due to this attack. I ran back to my hotel. So this was um, Southern Kaduna. Southern Kaduna is specifically the region occupied by Christians. Most of the times, is these Christians faces more um, killings and burning of the houses and everything. So when this incident happened, I had to, you know, leave um, the, the the state back to the capital. A Few days later, in the news, I heard about thirty people got killed during the the I call it massacre. There are so many cases of killings of Christians. It's now it's almost a common thing.
1: Not long after that, you did actually succeed in getting your application to go to University of Sussex. You joined your brother and your mother, who are living in England. Graduated last year. Congratulations!
0: Yeah, I, thank you. Student <laughs> so life uh, in Brighton, in general, you know, at the university and in Brighton, has been it's been an amazing experience for me, and you know, meeting a lot of making a lot of friends who are now like brothers and sisters to me. You know. I always made Nigerian dish, African cuisines, so they always coming around to eat with me and you know have a taste of Nigerian food. So
1: you also trained to be a care worker. You have been caring for people during this coronavirus pandemic. You were working in, in one care home specifically. Can I ask you know what that was like?
0: Well, um, it was um, I could use the word scary. And, you know, a lot of people, we are worried as well due to the outbreak of the pandemic and the rising number in Brighton, guess, specifically. And for this reason, a lot of people we are skeptical of coming to the care home, especially some of my colleagues, you know, had to take leave. And, you know, because you have a lot of residents, you have to care for. And with limited number of carers, you can see how strained out it could be.
1: You had... A shortage of care workers at that time, people were shielding and they were falling sick because they were catching the virus, so they had to stay away from the care home.
0: Yeah, you know, a lot of people had their personal reasons for, you know, not coming to work or calling off.
1: What is it about working in care that you actually enjoy?
0: Well, for you to work in a care home, you must be passionate about caring for people. You must always be ready to, you know, respect their privacy. And then you must see them as your mother, your father, see them as family because you need to, the way you want your, your family member to be cared for is basically the way you also care for them. So you need to be passionate about it, but you need to also protect their privacy as well. Working in the care home is it's something I really even want to go deeper theoretically and practically in, in the care sector. But working there has been has been a journey. You know, it's been a tough journey because it's not like people think it is. It's a tough job. You need to be careful. You need to pay good attention. You need to mind what your residents are taking. It requires a lot of skill to really care for somebody because their life, their health, lies in your hands. And every any mistake you make can put them at risk. Every every resident have different um, requirements, and you need to pay good attention to these requirements.
1: There's a new health and care visa coming in in January and it doesn't include care workers as skilled workers who can apply for this visa. It takes a lot of skill. You just mentioned that.
0: Well, if you're not in the system, you might not you'll know, really understand what it takes to be a carer. The trainings we go through, the exams we have to write on first aid, lifting and carrying. Being a carer is not a walk in a park, it's something you have to really train for. Having to exclude carers from this visa makes the whole process more cumbersome for the nurses because at the end of the day, the nurses cannot do all that is required. The nurses cannot be prescribing medication or giving medication and as well as moving to all the residents room to care for them, you know, to take care of them, to clean them up, to get them ready, make them look neat, and also to feed them.
1: What happy memories do you have of some of the residents?
0: The resident, you know, I met her, she was very sad that morning, I, I called her name, you know, her response was very down and she was looking sad and I asked her "What's was the problem, she said, you know, she was very sad because her daughter wasn't coming, she hasn't seen her daughter, so I tried to make her happy, I sang for her, I danced, I entertained her, you know, at the end of the day she ended up, you know, laughing because of that, she felt very happy. She was smiling. And then when I when I was about to leave, she called my name, and was like, Good luck, I love you, and I would like to marry you. And, that. and then, you know, <laughs> the laughter and everything. So it gives you that inner joy that yes, you've made an impact. You met her sad, but you're leaving her happy. And at the end of the day, she stops calling my name and she was calling me darling. So whenever I come into her room, she's like, Oh my darling, you're here. What do you have for me? You know, things like this. Whenever they see you, they're happy.
1: Um, Since your mother and your brother both live in the UK, you'd applied for a family visa. That's right. Home office rejected your visa application at the end of March because you're over 25 and not rely on a parent for support. That's right.
0: On the 17th of March, I received a call from my um, agency that the home office has flagged me illegal and then I need to stop working, which I did. I cried. I was devastated. I was... Instantly depressed at the moment, like it felt like my whole world was falling apart or tearing apart and not having the opportunity to, you know, even see my residents before leaving was, you know, heartbreaking. So I couldn't even make an appeal with the rising case of the pandemic. And then the airspace was so, um, closed off. I couldn't even leave the country at the moment.
1: You had to appeal from Nigeria?
0: Yes, that's correct. Within 28 days.
1: And within 28 days. And now that's quite difficult, obviously, during lockdown
0: because I became scared I was panicking because they said that we could be arrested and detained. I lived in fear you know what could happen it's it's been it's been a difficult time for me to be honest
1: Your mother she works in a London hospital in caring for people during the pandemic
0: yeah the nurse and the midwife yeah. yeah she's been heartbroken to be honest with you and she's been very very devastated it's really it's really affected her. It's breaking me, it's really breaking me down and, you know, I've been having a sleepless night about it. I've been living in fear as well. You know, the same fear I had when I was in Nigeria. It's still the same fear I'm going through in UK, a place where I felt that I'm going to be safe.
1: You have been receiving a lot of support from the community. And when I say community, the University of Sussex, students from across the university have been writing letters to their local MPs and to the Home Secretary, Priti Patel, on your behalf, appealing against this deportation. Black Lives Matter are actually calling for you to be allowed to stay in the UK. As well as that, there's a petition. Almost 10,000 people have signed asking for you to be allowed to stay in the UK. Priti Patel, the Home Secretary, what would you say to her?
0: Well, um, I'll plead to her to treat my case on a compassionate ground and then allow me to remain in the UK. And Because looking at the support that I've received from people, you know, across Brighton and across the United Kingdom, this goes a long way to show that I've really made an impact in the community and the contributions I've made. They believe that it's right for them to, you know, allow me to remain. It's going to be better for me to remain with my family. How come the rising case of the pandemic in Nigeria, you know, puts me at risk. I, I worked in Brighton protecting people from being infected with the virus. sending me to Nigeria. It's really going to be a harsh decision for them to take. So treat my case on a compassionate ground because if she approves it, I'm going to go back to Brighton and continue my work as a carer in in a care home. I'm pleading with the Home Office. Based on what she said a few days ago, that uh, they're going to have a compassionate policy. And I believe that she could start with my case and reverse her decision
1: there's a terrorist threat which yeah. has not gone away. The fact that you have no family anymore in Nigeria, your grandmother passed away in 2019, you have no financial support at all. Leaving a country and a UK care sector which needs you, with a shortage of care workers, your skills are very much needed. I really hope you do get that chance to stay it's
0: been a very difficult time for me, you know, mental-wise, I've gone through a lot with the massive support I've been receiving, you know, giving me a glimmer of hope that, yes, things can turn out good for me. So hopefully, I believe that, you know, something good can come and the, the decision will be reversed.
1: So the local MP for home is going to contact the home factory on your
0: behalf. This morning, um, Peter Kyler made a statement this morning in my support that um, he's going to speak um, with Um, Patel and hopefully she reverses her decision.
1: You said that there was something your mum always told you about how to approach life. Yeah,
0: at the end of the day she tells you, please try to do what makes you happy. Try to be positive in life. Try to help people when you're in a position to help. As long as you're happy, you're alive. Things will always work out for good. Just never give up.
1: Thank you very much for your time today. Thank
0: you very much for having me.
1: As well as the fear of being a Christian in a country where Christians are murdered, as a result of Boko Haram's decade-long insurgency in Nigeria. Mr Goodluck fears the health threat that comes with a rising number of coronavirus cases in the country. This comes on top of the emotional strain of having no family in the country. Hove and Portslade MP Peter Kyle informed Mr Goodluck he would be writing to the Home Secretary, urging her to allow the care worker to remain in the UK to pursue a career in care. Clapping for care workers, many would argue, is a meaningless gesture if the politicians doing it don't back it up with meaningful action. On the 21st of July, Home Secretary Preeti Patel made a statement in the Commons promising to make the Home Office a more compassionate organisation. She pledged to deliver a people-first approach to immigration to meet the recommendations of an independent review into government failures over the Windrush scandal. She said everyone in the department must see a face behind the case. So perhaps it's time that the Home Secretary kept her promise and started with cases like Mr Goodluck's. I hope you found useful this episode of Let's Talk About Care. If you would like to share your comments about this episode, you can email podcast.carehome.co.uk or search carehome.co.uk on Facebook. Or you can tweet at carehome underscore co underscore uk thanks for listening
0: the let's talk about care podcast